Welcome to Essential Conversations. I'm your host, Rebecca Mears, with my co-host, Luca Hallex. This week, we were thinking about what should we talk about together. And Luca, you had a really interesting idea. I like it. We're going to explore this today. Well, I find, and, and I, that's why I was checking this out with you, that when I'm working with people in my, not just in my professional life, but in my life period, that I, I often find that something that they're going through or something that we're working with together uh, is a learning for me too. So not only are they working with it, but even if I'm able to help them, I'm also learning from it. And it's, you could call it a double-edged sword, but it's not, it's not cutting both ways. It's actually benefiting both ways. It's, it's like a gift that has double benefits. Mm-hmm. And so I really like that idea of the synergy that comes from two or more people working together and, and how even something that looks like it's only originating with one person actually has benefits for so many more people. It's the ripples going out, right? right. And I was, I was working on, um, on my, my new website the other day, and, and one of the images that I want to use on it is ripples because it's metaphorically so rich that, that you drop, even if it's a feather you drop on the water, the ripples go out. It doesn't have to be, you know, you drop a boulder in and waves go out from it. And when I was searching for images, I put, I put the word ripple in. And, and some of what I got was waves. That, that was the, so, so it depends on how people label things, right? But, but in a way, a wave is a ripple. It's just a gl- global size whip- ripple, um, and I ripple a whip- whipple, and you know, a wave and a ripple together is a whipple. <laughs> but I, I was also thinking, I, I was watching yesterday, a celebration of life of a of a guy whom I only met once, so he wasn't a client of mine. I met him once at at a friend's place. Um, for a meal. And I met him and his wife and his four kids at that time. Um, and, and I knew as I sat across from him that he was an incredibly significant person in the sense that he was um, not just significant to me, but that he, that his life, the way he was living his life was significant to many, many people. And some of us are here and we, and we influence within our sphere. And some people uh, live so large that they influence, their influence goes out much, much further. And I don't think that one is better than the other, but, but when you're in the presence of one whose ripples go out, you know. And, I, and, it, and it would appear, I mean, I have been on the edges of this man's life for a long time because he, he was, he's my friend's husband's, one of his closest friends. 
And so he's in the same way as I've been in my friend's husband's life for a long time, because I'm his wife's closest friend, that the same thing is true the other way around. So I, I knew of this man, but to, but to watch, and it was because he was a public figure, the celebration of life and, and, and the number of people who could attend, it was very small because of the pandemic. This, um, we were watching it on Zoom and there were many, many, many people watching it on Zoom. And in the course of this um, ceremony, I was, I was able to get another perspective on his life that was different than the one I had from, from hearing about him through his friend. This was hearing about him through his family and his colleagues and, and many of his other friends who knew him in different circumstances than the, the, the friend from whom I had been hearing about him. And as I was sitting and listening to this ceremony, I was, I was picking up from the energy of him because it was all these people were together and they were all focusing on him and how his life had impacted them and will continue to impact them because he was a big soul. And so his impact will go on for a long time. I was very, very aware of how we all impact one another. And I don't know what impact I had on him, but I remember sitting across that dining room table from him and looking at him and making eye contact. And it was, I, I looked into his eyes and he looked into mine and it was almost like we said, mm-hmm. nothing more than that. There were no thoughts that went through it. There was, I didn't, I didn't learn anything from being with him at that time. I doubt he learned anything from being with me, but in it, it's come full circle now, and now he's he's left this world, and he was quite young. I mean, he was not even 50 yet, uh, but he lived a life that was packed, just packed, and not an easy life, not an easy life. So, so I'm, I sat there yesterday and, and witnessed this witnessing of his life, and I was learning from the witnessing. And I thought, well, how many, how often does that happen in our lives where, where we, we witness through someone who's right beside someone? Um, we witness through someone else's experience of their own lives or through of, of the lives that intersect with theirs, that we're constantly in this process. I saw a photograph the other day of, of sea glass, so pieces of glass that have been washed into the ocean and that have been tumbled around by the ocean for hundreds of years and they end up looking like pieces of art. You can hold them in your hand and the sunlight shines through them and they're incredibly beautiful, but they were originally man-made and then nature did something to them. And I was thinking mm -hmm. about how we all do that for one another, that we tumble against one another through life and we all do something to one another. What an absolutely that, beautiful that benefits far. us. And it's we're we're all beautiful in our own way, even even in our trials and tribulations, even in our pain, um, even even when the contact is very slight. Um, a slight contact can I was talking to someone the other day about about how I love to fly because there's this lottery of life 
when you get on an airplane. You never know who's going to be sitting near you. You don't know who's going to plunk themselves down beside you in the departure lounge. You never know if you're going to get your seat moved or upgraded or, or if somebody's going to help you or if you're going to overhear a conversation or somebody's going to talk to you. Um, I sat beside a guy one day on the plane coming back from the Yukon and this guy had, he had struck it. He, he had, he had some kind of investment in a, in a mine or something and he'd struck it rich and he was buying beer for everybody. (laughs) He, He was saying, and I didn't happen to want a beer at that time. So I didn't have one, but, but he was, he said, he said to the, to the flight attendant, Anybody here who wants to have, have a beer, I'll, I'll pay for it. Wow. And I thought, well, isn't that his, and, and he, he came by it suddenly and he'd had a really hard life up until then. And he was telling people about his story. This, but, but that's, you can get on an airplane and sit beside somebody. I'll never see that guy again in my life. Right. Yeah. But I'll never forget him either. Right. And not because he would have bought me a beer. (laughs) <laughs> but because because his story was important somehow, you know, it was no accident that I sat near him on a plane. Well, and you were present, even in your tangentiality, you could say you were just a tangent mm-hmm. in and out of his life. Every person yeah. on that plane was, yeah. but you were present at a such a pivotal moment for him. Yeah, yeah. And he needed somebody to celebrate this great win with. Yeah. He wanted to share this, this so windfall. What I'm know? noticing is that we, we kind of, we started with the, with the question of, of, it felt like a little bit of a provocative question. What have we learned from our clients? Cause there's a little bit of an edge there. Should we be learning from our clients? We're here to be supporting them and facilitating mm. their growth. But really what this has evolved into is a little more clear and more what we learn from witnessing. Yeah. What and we that, learn from all the people around us in life, period, whether they're our clients or our friends or our neighbors or strangers. I really like this question um, because it's something that we are clumsy with, generally speaking, as a society oh. and possibly due to family of origin and whatever yeah. else, right? But yeah. It is a theme that we encounter. So it feels like an appropriate moment. I'm going to take us take a moment right now and acknowledge that Luca and I, we live, we work, we play on the unceded ancestral territory of the Squamish, the Musqueam, the Coquitlam, and the Tsleil-Waututh. We take time to remember that every week as an exercise in grounding Um, we are settlers. This is not our native land. It was not given up. It was not agreed through any treaties, which frankly, I think the treaties that exist most places in the country are still manipulative pieces of, let's not say the word, but there wasn't, that didn't even exist in BC. I bring it up now, first of all, because it's appropriate every time that we do a show and we're sending our voices out over the airwaves to check in on it. But witnessing is an essential part of why we do it. It is a remembering of what we have witnessed through listening to the experiences 
of the people who have lived here and who have experienced, you know, what it's like to have settlers come in, to have colonial powers taken, to have a genocidal system, crank them through it, etc., etc. And we are still in process of reconciliation here in Canada. And one of the elements of reconciliation that we are very clumsily doing is witnessing creating the platforms for the witnessing but it's not just about providing a space for the voices who have their stories to tell who are wanting to tell their stories because some people what we have to learn from them might be have been so traumatic for them that it is very difficult for them to even communicate it it's not right for us to demand that we witness something someone does not feel like they are ready to share. But on the other hand, those who do feel ready to share, where's the audience? Is there an audience? Is the audience prioritizing being present to hear? Prioritizing listening even when it's uncomfortable? Because that's something that can happen in witnessing, right? And that's not just about witnessing the history of First Nations people in Canada. It's about witnessing Black Lives Matter experiences or Black Lives Matter is not the way of putting it. The lives of Black people in North America and what they have been through. It is about the everyday traumas that people can have. This is why we started out with the question of what have we learned from our clients? Because when they are sharing with us, when they bring their pieces to us in a place of trust, they have decided that we are a safe place to lay those pieces out on the table that we will come alongside with listening ears and with um, that unconditional positive regard which is a clunky phrase that maybe some of our listeners haven't heard of but I think that's one of the most valuable things that we become equipped with when we begin training as counselors is to step into that frame of mind the unconditional positive regard aspect of being a counselor or a coach is in essence we step into choosing to view this person that is beside us that is sharing with us and as best we attribute to them the best that we can as humans and as people who are doing the best that they can with what they've got and so rather than perhaps being in a more neutral state where where we may go into judgment of oh well you shouldn't have done that oh that wasn't very wise was it oh well that's a bad attitude or whatever you know these are very natural ways that we think as humans but we it's like a choice of sitting in a chair or or taking a specific perspective in order to be able to see the most that we can to be able to provide aid from the most effective angle. And I think we as an audience, never mind being with clients, but with the people that we interact with on a daily basis to, to listen from that place of unconditional positive regard. I think we could all do with more of a dose of that. It, it, this brings up for me this idea also of not enough um, that that we're that we're constantly and and this comes up very much in this um, sort of the new age um, self awareness 
self-development kind of movement, the idea that we must be developing all the time. And unconditional positive regard says that wherever we are is the perfect place for us to be right now and that we are doing the best we can with who we are and what we have in this moment. And maybe in the next moment, it will be different. Mm -hmm. May not be better, but it may be different. Mm -hmm. Um, That this is, this is how we're, we, we're looking at the world. So it's, it's everything is okay the way it is. And then we bring our curiosity to it, which is something that you and I value highly. It's why we do the show the way we do this idea of, we wonder what's around the corner, right? Everything is all people who come and talk to us on the show, including us talking to one another. We know that there's, there's a gem in there that, that every, we all come with this gem in us. And that there is something perfect in the way everything is rolling out. And we're sort of conditioned in our culture to critique everything and to believe that critiquing makes it better. Right. Um, Instead of the idea that there's something inherently amazing in, in how everything is. And maybe if we uncover those gems, we can build on them shine them up, share them more, whatever. Um, But we're very prone to analysis that puts things into one camp or another. We need more of that or we need less of that. As opposed to the witnessing piece, which is, well, what is it? I'm curious about what that is. What is it? What makes, what makes it's is, is isness or it's itness. (laughs) Like what, what is that? The deliciousness of what it is right. to, to be mining, I call it mining for shiny, right? What, what is it that we can find in there that is shiny, that, mm. that is interesting, that is uh, provocative, that is, that is stable, that is whatever we want to call it, but to, but to just find it. Yeah. I feel like to it's believe that- it's there. I feel like it's time for one of our songs. Okay. Um, I'm going to choose the one by the White Stripes called We're Going to Be Friends. Um, There's something about this song that came to my mind uh, when we were thinking about what what do we want to talk about here. And I think it is that there's this, it's a hearkening back to the innocence of childhood and the simple things that kind of clue us in that we're going to get along with someone and that, and the, and the quiet pleasure that there is in, you know what, we, we can hang out together. Well, and, we, and that's very indicative of how you and I met in the first place. Yes, it really right? yes, it's takes true. us back to our roots. It does. And I feel like it relates because when we, pay attention when we slow down enough to listen and witness that is when we find common ground that we may not have realized was there before so i'll let this song be um an encouragement to us to take the time to find the reasons why we're going to be friends with the person that we maybe didn't realize we might be friends with before so this is we're going to be friends by the white stripes
back to school, ring the bell, brand new shoes, walking blues, climb the fence, books and pens. I can tell that we are gonna be friends. I can tell that we are gonna be friends. Walk with me, Susie Lee, through the park and by the tree. We will rest upon the ground and look at all the bugs we found. Safely walk to school without a sound. Safely walk to school without a sound. Here we are, no one else. We walk to school all by ourselves. There's dirt on our uniforms from chasing all the ants and worms. We clean up and now it's time to learn. Let us learn to spell nouns and books and show and tell. Playtime, we will throw the ball back to class through the hall. Teacher marks our height against the wall. Teacher marks our height against the wall. We don't notice any time pass. We don't notice anything. Side by side in every class. Teacher thinks that I sound funny, but she likes the way you sing. Tonight I'll dream while I'm in bed when silly thoughts go through my head about the bugs and alphabet. When I wake tomorrow, I'll bet that you and I will walk together again. I can tell that we are gonna be friends. Welcome back to Essential Conversations. That was We're Going to Be Friends by the White Stripes. You're listening to Rebecca and Luca. And we're exploring today. We started out with the concept of what have we learned from our clients, but it's really evolved into more of what do we learn from witnessing? But we're, we're going to anchor back into that original question for a minute because I think that there can be some fun stuff there. Like, well, what have we learned from clients? Which is also witnessing, really, that whole process. And I'd like to volunteer something for the pot <laughs> as to what, what I've learned from, from my clients. Um, when, when they tell me, I like to spend a lot of time hearing their stories of what has gone right. Like to, to even if the reason why they're connecting with me now is because something is not the way they want it to be. I like to go back with them, go through their file of memory to find out a time when things were going well and have them tell me about that time and, and pull out from there the strengths, the ways of being, the attitudes, the situations, et cetera, that combine to make things good for them. And whenever I listen to someone telling their stories of, of a win or of a success or of something they're proud of, I learn new ways of being for my own self. Have you ever noticed, Luca, that, I mean, this, this is something I think that goes back even to my childhood, that if you see a person doing a skill, uh, especially when it comes to perhaps an interpersonal skill, a way of relating to people, a way of communicating something, 
a way of holding space, navigating. I, I'm thinking of teachers, so how they led a classroom, how they would, how they would do their instruction, how they would engage us in play, but still teach us. Whenever I've witnessed somebody do something like that or their process, it's like it gets filed away inside of me as something to try because I've, I've witnessed it, now it becomes more easily accessible for me. And so when I hear from clients about ways in which they've done things and they've been successful, well, that's, this makes my file bigger. Of <laughs> well, Next time I encounter this kind of a situation, I could try this, 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 because this has, this has worked. And it doesn't even have to be a real one-on-one -on -one relationship. It can even be something I read in a book, right? A story that's like incredibly powerful and a character that really, really was fleshed out and I could see how they respond. And I think, oh man, I wish I could be like that. Well, I'm a little closer to being like that by witnessing how someone can phrase things and actions they can take in circumstances that I may get tongue-tied or flummoxed or what have you. Have you encountered that too? Well, I was even thinking about just how they look at something because it may be, is a way of looking at it that would not have occurred to me before. And that allows me to put a different frame on a picture. So I'm constantly thinking when people are talking to me and, and they, you know, one of the cardinal sins around listening is to is to listen and run your own tape in the background. But I'm not sure that we can ever not run our own tape in the background. But I'm, I'm always thinking, what, what do I have in my experience that's similar to that or different to that? But um, so I'm doing this com compare and contrast all the time, not, not to make them wrong or right even, but to but to notice, to notice what's different, what's, what's useful, what's expansive, what allows me to focus more, what, like I'm, because I'm in, I'm in learning mode with them. Mm -hmm. And sometimes learning mode is just to listen, is to take it in as a story. And I don't know what I'm going to do with it, that the, the compare and contrast isn't working very well, or maybe it is outside of my experience, but I'm constantly looking for, is there common ground in here? It's like, are we going to be friends, right? Mm. I'm, I'm looking for, do I have anything similar in my repertoire that would allow me to, to empathize with, with where they're coming from? And sometimes it's just, it's a startlingly different to the extent that it makes me laugh out loud, not because it's funny, but because it's like a, it's like a delightful surprise of, oh my God, you could look at it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. I never yeah. thought of it that way before. Yeah. It's like learning. Um, what would that do? <laughs> you know? Whole yes. New, whole new set of colors. <laughs> it's, yes. Yeah. Well, and sometimes it's a word. I hear, I hear word and I think, oh, what a fabulous word. <laughs> and then I, and then I, st I look for a place to use that word because it's a delicious word. Yeah. Um, to, until I get used to it. <laughs> and then maybe I build it into my vocabulary that I use in yeah. my life. Man, um, the power of words and of, of, of ideas for being able to unlock 
new doors, new realms of understanding ourselves and each other and the world around us, man. I have, um, so well, I have, a, I have, go, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to ask you, that was my volunteering of what I think is a main thing I've learned from clients. And, and what do you think you, you would put as a number one thing that you've learned from clients? Well, I'm, I'm constantly learning things from, from <laughs> clients. And, and in my process of doing readings for people, I often find things falling out of my mouth. And I think, oh, I didn't know that. That's a very useful thing. So not only am I sharing it with the client, but I'm sharing it with me too. It, go, it goes like as it comes out, it's not just watering them, it's watering me. Mm-hmm. So, so that things like that are coming up all the time. So I have a, I have a friend who was, started out as a client of mine, has become a friend. He's doing his master's and he was talking to me about what, he, what topic he wanted for his thesis. And, and, it, and I don't know how far he's got with it now, but he was, but he was talking about uh, the power of storytelling and what, and what that does. And I think he was thinking of it in terms of motivating staff um, in the world of organizations. But, but I was thinking about the power, just the power of storytelling, period. Mm-hmm. And because it is such an old, old um, uh, ritual, I would, I would call it a ritual where, you, you know, as soon as you know, if you hear once upon a time, you know, you're about to hear a story. <laughs> and that's a ritual, right? It's a habit with meaning. So when we say once upon a time, we are embarking on a storytelling ritual. And we may not even know as we tell the story what the, what the purpose of it is. It may evolve as we tell the story. Sometimes we tell the story so we can hear ourselves. Sometimes we tell the story to pass on lineage. Um, sometimes we tell it as a way of passing on um, uh, um, uh, like morality tales uh, where we're, we're passing on a teaching. Sometimes it's setting people up for, um, for a, a great passage in life. We, we, we use stories and cautionary tales as as ways of, of teaching things. It's, it, but, but it's such a rich tradition. Mm-hmm. And, and it started out being oral storytelling, but we tell stories through pantomime, through mime, through where there's no words. We tell it through art. Um, we tell it through song, uh, dance. There's all, all manner of different ways to tell stories Mm. Uh, but but it's still the storytelling theme so there's storytelling and then there's the listener who in a way is a witness so we've got both sides of it and and when I hear a story I often will repeat it but if I repeat a story I'm never repeating it exactly the way I heard it I'm always interpreting it through myself Mm -hmm through my experience, through my interpretation of what I heard. And we know that hearing is selective. So, so I'm, I'm repeating it out of what I heard from what the person said, which may not be exactly the same thing as what they said. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're, we're constantly, it's like we're, we're rolling that piece of glass around in the ocean and, and smoothing it and um, shining light through it and, 
so I, you can see that as a process of diminishing, you know, rubbing off the, the sharp edges of something, but you can also see it as a process of enhancing, of, of transformation, of transforming things from one thing into another thing, one thing that's precious into another thing that's precious in a different way. And I like that. I like that idea that we're here in communities, that community is not just a, a noun. It's a, it's a verb. We, I, and I, I don't know what we, I mean, communication is at the same root for it, right? Mm -hmm. We communicate in communities. Uh, and and maybe that's the verb part of the verb part of it communing communicating uh, all those calm <laughs> things uh, so so that's that's one thing that's listening to people's stories that's one of the things that that it does for me but also that in in me being in me bringing through information for a client whether you know I, I because I can never turn my intuition off, whether I'm counseling or coaching or whatever it is I'm doing. When I bring through information, it brings it into the container between the two of us. Mm -hmm. So it's not just for them. It's also for me. It's something, it isn't an end in itself. It's a, it's a, it's a process. It's something we've introduced something into the Petri dish that has the potential to grow. Mm -hmm between the two of us and, and anybody else who happens to be in our lives because the ripples go out. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a, uh, it's one of those things in life that delights me. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like it's time for the second song. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Are you ready for it? <laughs> All right. Yes. So this one I chose. Uh, Thank you by Alanis Morissette. Uh, it came to mind because of <laughs> how appropriate. Yeah. The gratitude uh, uh, for experience, really both positive and negative. Um, some of the lyrics that, you know, that, that she repeats over and over. Thank you. Terror. Thank you. Disillusionment. Thank you. Frailty. Thank you. Consequence. Thank you. Silence. And oh, it's, um, and of course, the whole the whole song is is questions. Aside from this this refrain of the thank yous for these mostly hard things, um, and the questions is where there's there's new experience, where there's room to grow, where there's not conclusions, there's openings. It's a door opening rather than a door closing. Anyway, so let's have yeah. a listen to "Thank You" by Alanis Morissette. We'll be back in just a few minutes. How about
Essential Conversations with Rebecca and Luca. That was Thank You by Alanis Morissette. And we're talking about what we learn from our clients, what we learn from witnessing people, what we learn from uh, being taken through other people's experiences. We get to walk through their minds for a little bit when you listen very carefully. I was uh, thinking, what else could I add to this? this pot of what I have learned from clients. And I thought, well, here's a really practical thing that I try to seek to apply to my own self. And that is we tend to hang on to things that are very not good for us far longer than we should. And it's usually because we're afraid of what's next. It's unknown. And so we're afraid. Yeah. 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 And um, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a hard task sometimes as the advocate for people that we care about. We do care about the people that we, that we coach, that we counsel, we develop relationships and rapport with them. We have a, you know, that mm-hmm. unconditional positive regard is not a joke. You really do care about mm-hmm. these people when you, when you look at them through yes. that lens. Yes. You know? I always say, I always fall in love with my clients while I'm working with them. Yeah. Sometimes it's tough love, but, but you, you care. Yeah. And to witness them going through something through a situation that is that is painful and and knowing that intuitively that the only real way this is going to change is for them to choose a big change to 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 step away, to step out from that situation. But that's not our job. We're not there to try to usher them in a certain path. We are there to Um, assist them in their self-exploration and to equip them with the skills when they determine what it is that they want to do for themselves. Right. And so that's a hard place sometimes when it's like, can I have a vote? (laughs) But I try instead. What's more helpful is for me to then apply that knowing to myself. And it still takes me too long. A lot of times to be like, Oh, I should have chosen something else a long time ago. But that fear of the unknown is very real. And our tolerance for discomfort, for unhappiness, for unpleasant circumstances, especially when it's been a long, slow descent from something that was originally good into something that is very much not that good anymore. It's really hard to find that point where you say, okay, no, I'm done. I'm done. And and, now- it, and and if we look at it with that, the point that you made earlier, which is the unconditional positive regard, then, then we know that the person will hold on to whatever behavior it is or whatever circumstance it is for exactly as long as they need to yeah. Yeah. before they're ready to let it go. Yeah. And if anybody influences them to let it go before they're really ready, yeah. they'll either fight it or it will boomerang yes. and they'll end up back in it again. Yes. So, so if we come at it with, this is perfect, there's something perfect about this, even though we may not know yet exactly what it is. Yeah. Then, then we're, it, it really is unconditional positive regard. Yeah. 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 Right. And, and, and for ourselves also- as well. And you could also say the flip side of this is witnessing or recognizing the resiliency of people is so much more 
than than we usually perceive about ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Because we're busy thinking that we're not enough. Yeah. It's that it's that <laughs> pernicious not enoughitis Ugh. that that really I think a lot of what I, therapists I, counselors I, are doing is and coaches too is helping people to realize that they're exactly enough they're more than enough i need to write that down that was an awesome phrase a pernicious not enough itis it sounds like something clinical yes. we're gonna <laughs> <laughs> it's like I'm a disease a... oh my dear yeah. you come down with pernicious not enough itis we must give you a calculation <laughs> <laughs> i do i like it it's great and now we and then we have to have a nice candy pill for it. Oh yeah! I had a little nurse's kit when I was a kid, and it had it had these um, a little box of pills, and the pills were um, these little candy hearts. Those those uh, cinnamon flavored little candy hearts. I can still smell them. <laughs> but that was that was going to fix you if you needed it. You get, and and how appropriate a heart to give yes. somebody love for themselves <laughs> as a as the as the antidote to pernicious not enough itis <laughs> is to give them is to give them love in the form of a pill self-love yeah oh i love it <laughs> <laughs> we've amused ourselves today yes, we've amused ourselves thoroughly yes yeah, that's a challenge for everybody out there. All of you out there listening today, in what parts of your life have you got pernicious not enoughitis? And what and what kind of pill can you give yourself that will um, create an immunity to that, or or allow you enough love to be able to let go of it? We need to put up a, a little asterisk beside this. And I think mm. that's going to be another show as we're going to. That'll have to be another show. Yes. We can grow our own shows out of our own shows. <laughs> like the babushka balls. Yes. Yeah. Those dolls. I saw those dolls the other day with the little masks on them and the masks got smaller and smaller as the dolls, <laughs> the nested dolls got tinier and tinier. They all have little masks on them. That's funny pandemic yeah yeah well <sighs> so let's let's touch in on that like with our world the way that it is right now what have you noticed this past year we're now a year into pandemic life yeah hopefully we will not have a whole other year of pandemic life ahead of us we'll see how it all goes with the vaccine rollout but yeah. what have you noticed in this year of pandemic life in terms of how it has, how has that impacted what you learned from your clients or how, what's shown up through your work with clients? I read a, a line in a book yesterday where uh, this, these two brothers were sitting beside one another in a car, they were on a stakeout. <laughs> and one of and they'd been in there for 20 hours. And one brother said to the other one, you stink. <laughs> and I think what's happening to us is that the pandemic is creating a like a, a pressure chamber around us where we're getting tired of our own stink. <laughs> it's it's like whatever cracks we had in in our world, wherever that pernicious not enough itis was getting in, or whatever it was that 
was not serving us any longer. We're getting tired of our own stink. And, and it's, it's, coming, it's coming up for us to say, do I want to still smell like this in my life? Mm-hmm. Um, or is it time for me to wash that stink out of myself and, and replace it with something else that works better for me? And I, and I did think that when we got to the end of last summer, when everybody was hoping that uh, things would get better. Um, and, and I, I had this feeling that we hadn't sat in our own stink long enough yet. <laughs> Collectively on the planet, we hadn't sat in our own stink long enough to get really tired enough of it that we, that we couldn't just sort of give ourselves a quick swipe and, and keep going and say, well, yeah, it's fine now. Right. And so I'm, I'm seeing that I'm seeing us really taking a look at um, what it is that we need to clean right out of our lives and not, and not have it come back in again. Mm -hmm. And it takes, sometimes it takes three or four swipes at it. You know, it's, it's like when, when a planet goes retrograde and it, and it goes, it goes by and then it looks like it goes backwards and then it comes by again and so we've got, it sweeps by three times before it's done. Um, and each time it sweeps by, it breaks the stuff up into smaller and smaller pieces so that we can finally sweep them away and say, okay, I'm really, I'm really done with that now. It's not going to come back, boomerang back at me. I'm done with it. Hallelujah. 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 But it takes as long as it takes, right? And, and I can't say... I can't say to a client, you know, four times is, is one time too many. You should be able to get rid of it in three swipes. It takes as long as it takes. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, as a, as a, as a counselor um, and even as a coach, but especially as a counselor, we used to call this cycling, right? And it's like, oh, yeah, there it is again. We've seen that one before, but it, it is a spiral. And each time it comes around, we have moved it, even if it's just a centimeter. We've, we've moved it somewhat. So if it's come around again, we have another opportunity to look at it and witness it and tell the story and, and find whatever gem is still in there. Because if it's come around again, we haven't got it all. Mm-hmm. Yes. So it's okay. Yeah. We've got another opportunity. Yeah. So in the pressure cooker of the year then, it's basically yeah. forced the, we could say, forced the impurities to the surface where we can no yeah. longer ignore them. And it's now our choice with our face bread in it. Are we going to skim it? Are we going to toss out the whole batch? <laughs> what are we going to do? <laughs> but we can't, can't just stir it back up again, not without really feeling uncomfortable because we really know what we've allowed to remain. When do I want to stir it back up again? Because thing. at a certain point, you get, you get tired of the stink. You think, no, I don't want to do this again. Yeah. Yeah, I can resonate with that. I think that yeah. that holds true for me. And I think if I if I, you know, think over my my clients that yeah, this year's definitely been one of those things of kind of holding your nose right into the the most unpleasant things. You can't escape yeah. them. You can't escape yourself. 
Yeah. And, and I don't think it's being done to us. I think we do it to ourselves. We choose to keep going back to that trough and sticking our nose in it because on some level we're ready to, to look at it. And maybe it's not a terrible thing. We, maybe we've been thinking it was a terrible thing. Right. And when we turn it inside out and upside down and backwards, we think, oh, that's actually a gem that right. I've been overlooking. Like, again, that thank you. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Comes back to the thank you. Yeah. 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 So I, that's it. I mean, it's it's and I don't think we're done yet. I don't think we're done um, because it's a big, big process changing the world and yeah. how we look at the world and all the systems that are in it to to really look at them and say, is this system stinky? Do we need to get rid of it? <laughs> Um, and is there another one that's better or do we need to adapt the system and keep the good bits and build on them and get rid of everything else? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a process that takes time. And, and we're all at different stages with this. So some, some of us may be ready to, to m- get on with this and other people are just, we're all at different stages and we need to honor that too. It's just because some people are coming to it slower doesn't mean that their way of doing it is any less valuable. Yeah. But moving the planet, moving the, the awareness of the entire planet is a big, big job. Yeah. Well, we're getting closer to the end of our time for today. What do you think we've talked about today holds your growing edge for where you're engaging with clients and how you bring your best to them? I'd have to come back to this pernicious, <laughs> not enough itis, you know, it, it's more and more and more I'm noticing with my clients and therefore it must be true for me also that we actually are more than enough. We have everything that we need. Um, if we would honor it and stop beating ourselves up. Yeah. Uh, to trust that we actually are big beings with lots of wonderful stuff in us. The stuff of us is, is of the highest caliber when we can pull it out and shine it up. And honor it. Um, and I and I'm I I I fall into that self awareness trap of there must be something else I need to learn about myself, and I must be doing something wrong. And 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 more and more lately, I'm realizing that I'm not doing it wrong. Um, that that I need to honor what I already have and who I already have, and not assume that the good stuff is always around the corner and that I don't have it already. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So even in terms of friendships, you know, we, even if our friends are in, in a muck and, and don't think they're worthwhile, even in a muck, they're worthwhile mm-hmm. They're because it's, we're all mirrors for one another. Mm-hmm. That is a very lovely, graceful perspective, Luca. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have anything to add to that? To, I, 
am seeking to practice a little more grace with the with the letting goes that that I won't allow them to define me that who I am continues to evolve and to grow even if it looks like a step back or a false start or a fallback or whatever it looks like from the outside that by accepting it and thanking it for what it was and releasing it and stepping forward, I keep a forward momentum and that I do know myself best. And if I will, that's what I need to tenaciously hold on to that I have learned some significant lessons through life and through the experience. I've always learned well from others. So that definitely becomes this benefit of having clients that have struggles that we work through together. Um, I learn from them too. And I can add that to my repertoire and, and I can do the things I can, I can let go and I can see what's around the corner and I can do it with grace. I don't have to do it kicking and fighting along the way. And um also not to beat myself up for however long it does take, which I appreciated that perspective that you shared. Yeah. But that uh, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. <laughs> so we send you all forward into your weekend, your week with grace and, um, and with uh, little candy hearts. <laughs> for the pernicious, <laughs> not enough itis. <laughs> yes. Yes. And until next time. We wonder what is around the corner. Essential Conversations is brought to you courtesy of Luca Halix, Power Sorcerer. And Rebecca Mears, Certified Coach. Increase your awareness, expand your options, empower yourself. Luca can be reached at www.lucahalix.com. I light the fires that light a thousand more. Connect with Rebecca at catchingfire.ca. Yep, yep, yep. yep, yep. Oh, ah, 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 Happy, 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 boing, 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 bo